calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Supreme Court case, Bush v. Gore. So grab your hanging chads. And let's get civical. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And this is our last episode before Election Day 2020. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? That that is insane. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, because Election Day will be next Tuesday. (gasps) I don't even know what episode we're going to drop on the Wednesday after. We'll have to figure that out. It has to be something entirely random. Uh, you guys, it's going to be so <laughs> random. It's going to be so random because, quite frankly, <gasps> what? what what exactly are we supposed to talk about? Seriously. On, on November 4th, 2020. Without any information about what is... I, I can't. Right. Right. Since no. we, you know, there's a good chance we will not know the winner by that point. It's got, we have to do an episode on like the Liberty Bell, like something completely The Liberty Bell, just, just the Liberty Bell. <laughs> something very uncontroversial. Yep. <laughs> the Bell herself, the Bell of the Ball, the Bell of this country. Oh That's my God. That's not a bad idea. It's really not a bad idea. Okay, the, guys. The, it, it might you know be what? The Liberty there's an 89% chance that it's going to be about the Liberty Bell because you tell me what you would talk about. <laughs> Because we have to record it before election yep. day and it comes out after election day. And we're not oh. going to make asses out of ourselves like we did with Iowa. We're no. not going to do that again. We're not reliving mm-hmm. that trauma. That was Mm-mm-mm. entirely too much. Exactly. So no matter how November 3rd goes, we can all agree on the Liberty Bell. Yep. And so that's <laughs> what we'll do. Okay, great. At least Ooh. we have a plan. At least we have a plan we now. We have a plan. We have a plan. Speaking of plans, you guys... We can say this one more time. Have mm-hmm. your voting plan. I was telling Arden that I had to go to plan B for my voting plan because my absentee ballot, New York State done messed it up. So now I'm going to plan B and I'm going to go vote early in person. Not only have a voting plan, but have a backup to the voting plan. Yes. Just in case. Just in case. So please make your plan. Check on the other plans. I want I want to see plans left and right. We're very excited about plans here. At That's Let's very exciting. My voting plan is I'm voting on the day. 
And we love to see it. We love to see it. I'm voting on the day. My voting plan is to go super early when the polls open with my cup polls of coffee. Open super, in super hand. early. Mm-hmm. They open super early, six, I think, in New York State. Yep. And so if I can get in line and get in there and vote and get out by like 7.30, that's what I'm going to do because Great. I will need to do my 7.30 gym class that day Perfect. because I will need it for my mental health. But if it feels like I'm going to be past that time, I'll go work out and I'll come back later. And it's going to be fine. A backup plan to the plan. A you know what? Everybody plan. needs to remember that as long as you are in line, yep. you will be able to vote. The polls here in New York technically close at 9 p.m. But if you are in the line at 8.59 p.m., you will get to vote. It doesn't matter if it takes until 11 p.m. or midnight for you to get to the actual kiosk. You will be allowed to vote. So stay. Hashtag. Stay in line. It, there's probably going to be long lines. We're seeing yeah. a lot of long lines. So come prepared. Wear a comfortable shoe. Yes. Bring a little a, a water bottle, something yeah. to do, a podcast. I don't hey. know. Perhaps this one. Sudoku, the newspaper. Call your mom. I don't care. Just be, have something. Have a plan of what you're going to do in line. And please, 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 please be so, so kind to your poll workers because mm, yes. you are waiting in line for three hours and they are also going to be waiting that amount of time. Like they're going to be yes. there from 5 a.m. to possibly midnight because they can't leave until everybody has voted. So be so, so kind because these people are the reason we are all being able to vote. Okay. Wow. <sighs> yes. That's, that's so Sweating. long. That's such a long day for the poll workers. It's such a long day. That's such but a like, long day. That's what it is. You gotta, that's what it is. You it gotta is what it is. You got to have the people there so the people can vote. You yeah. Know? So in the spirit of the election, I when I texted Arden this idea, it was because this is probably the only time we are going to feel like talking about this godforsaken court case is appropriate. Yeah. Like, there's no other... I'm like, when else are we going to talk about this? Yeah. Like, this is the moment. So, obviously, we're talking about... This the is infamous. the dramatic moment of the movie right now. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Bush v. Gore 2000. Yep. On the year 2000, Bush v. Gore, Supreme Court case... Pretty much, I can argue, changed the course of political history, oh, this decision. So, like, crazy. Political, social history, my history, your history. Yeah. Every, all of our histories changed. Changed. Yeah. One of the most impactful court decisions from SCOTUS yeah. that has happened in modern times, I would argue. Yep. We've talked about it on, I feel like, almost like all of the SCOTUS biopic biopics that we've done yeah. obviously the, the justices who were present at the time yeah this is one i've always brought up because you know some were in the opinion and some were in the dissent and we're gonna we're gonna really look at who did what and who said what yep and why this court case is so well i don't want to use the word landmark because I don't like the case, but so impactful, perhaps. (laughs) Yes. So pivotal. Pivotal. Thank you. Better word. Better word. Yep. So, I mean, it's... uh, Hold on. Taking another sip of my coffee before we really dive into this. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. Before we dive into it, I just want to remind you that if you like what you hear, please rate us, review us, and subscribe to us. I... I... what we just charted in Malaysia, and I think that that made my entire week. So, quick shout out to our our listeners in Malaysia. Hey. We love you. Mm-hmm. I would I would die for you. <laughs> such such a fan of you and your country and everything you're doing. So, thank you for listening. <laughs> I just everything. it's been carrying me through this month. She it really has. She's posted about it a couple of times. Look, I do when, it when people do listen. It. We, I appreciate we, we love posts. I am do. not shy about we the would support be, and the fans. It is, it is 
much more, it makes me so much more happy to know that I'm not just talking into a microphone for like my own edification. <laughs> just, just for, just you and me. Just me and Lizzie. It's basically yeah. like we're recording our own conversations as right. human beings, uh, but it's helpful to know and it makes me so happy to know that people listen. Listen, and they're listening. They like us. They really like keep us. Keep listening. Please keep listening. <laughs> Uh, but yes, but please rate, review, and subscribe because we love you so, so much. Now, let's jump right into Bush v. Gore. And so these notes are going to be coming from, of course, the love of my life. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yays. Yep. It's also coming from Britannica and Cornell Law School. Shout out to Cornell. Yep. So... Just a quick little basic overview of this case. So on December 12th, 2000, the Supreme Court of the United States reversed a Florida Supreme Court request for a selective manual recount of that state's U.S. presidential election ballots. The 5-4 decision effectively awarded Florida's 25 votes in the Electoral College and thus the election itself to Republican candidate George W. Bush. <sighs> I mean, yep. and this is why, and this is December 12th. Yep. This is December, this is 12, 12, 2000. So you guys, when you think about the moment arrives that will probably happen, which is we won't we probably know. will not know the winner on November 3rd. If people tried to tell you that that is unheard of, it quite simply isn't because not 20 years ago, it was December 12th yep. that this was officially decided. Yep. Now, I hope to God it doesn't take until December 12th for us I hope to, to have God a it doesn't go to the Supreme Court because... I hope to God it doesn't it go to the Supreme Court. It will not be favorable for, but dare I say, that democracy. Is, but that's the thing that people talk about, that yep. it might go to the Supreme Court. And yep. that's why it's also good to bring up Bush v. Gore because yep. it's also the most recent time that's happened. Yep. You know, and we've talked about what happens when Congress has to decide a winner. Yep. Now we're talking about what happens if SCOTUS technically has to decide a winner, which is effectively what happened in Bush v. Gore. Yep. So just tell, just got, you guys, there is precedent for all of this crazy shit that may happen in deciding this 2020 presidential election. It's going to be so stressful. I know. I know. I have to be really good on election day and not do what I did before, which is drink everything. Don't drink. In my immediate arm's length of reach. Yeah. It's going to be incredibly stressful. I encourage everybody to stay off social media. That is, I mean, post yep. your thing about getting people to vote. Make sure the people in your circle are voting. After that, get off social media. It is poisonous. It is poisonous. Mm -hmm. So post your thing, post your story, make whatever, and then go. Get out. Get out. Take a walk. After and you don't voted, watch like, the news all day. Don't you're you're not gonna know. Like no. even if this was a normal a normal election site, like think about 2016, we didn't know until about mm -mm. 1 a.m. So you're not gonna know anything, and you're just gonna watch all of the polls and the predictions, and then you're gonna start seeing things where it's like, oh, you know, Trump is winning this one, or Biden's winning this one, and there's like 12 percent of the vote reporting, which is not inaccurate. Like you have to wait for the votes to actually come in. So just stay away. Stay away. It's going to be hard. Call, call a friend. Call your mom. Take a walk. Take care of yourself. Meditate. <laughs> work out. You know, eat a salad. Like, just take care of your <laughs> mind, body, salad. and soul. Like, there's there's no – you're not going to force an outcome or force a result by just swiping and refreshing. It's just – it's not going to happen. Take care of your mind. Yep. Ugh, I'm exhausted from my rants already. <laughs> And we haven't even, like, gotten into the meat of this. This is, oh, my goodness. Okay. I love so, it. So, okay. Let's Words talk about wisdom. what had happened leading up to December 12th, leading up to this Supreme Court decision. So this is coming from Botanica. So on the evening of November 7th, 2000, a clear winner had yet to emerge in that day's U.S. presidential election between Bush and Democratic candidate Al Gore. Print and broadcasted media cited often contradictory exit polling numbers and the races in Oregon and New Mexico would remain too close to call for some days. 
Remember when Oregon was a swing state? I, I was in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon is a swing state. Oh, Oregon God. and New Mexico. Just uh, coming in. Just coming God. in. Oh, my God. Shout out to Oregon and New Mexico. Yep. But ultimately, the contest focused on, you guessed it, Florida. Oh, God. Networks initially projected Gore the winner in Florida, but later they declared that Bush had opened an insurmountable lead. Gore called Bush to concede the election, but in the early hours of the following morning, it became apparent that the Florida race was much closer than Gore's staff had originally believed. I mean... Yep. Can you imagine being like, I concede, going to bed, waking up, wait a second. <laughs> I take what, back like, my who concession. Who was the staffer who told him that it was over? Like, yikes, magikes. Yikes, magikes. Fewer than 600 votes separated the candidates, and that margin appeared to be narrowing. Around 3 a.m., Gore called a stunned Bush to retract his concession. I would give $1 million for a recording of that phone call. Oh, fuck yeah. You'd be like, eh, George, <laughs> I was drunk when I said this earlier. I take it back. I take, I take it, ba- it back. Take backsies. Take backsies. Take backsies. I take it back. And you know what? I'll see you in court. I'll see you in court. According to Florida law, a machine recount of all votes cast was required because the margin of victory was less than 0.5%. In this race, the gap appeared to be roughly 0.01%. That is crazy. Crazy. Also, this is such a great lesson in like your vote matters. Yeah. Like it came down to a couple hundred of votes. Yep. Granted in Florida, but it doesn't matter. You don't know what, what when it's going to be your state where it matters. Yeah. Like they're talking about Texas being a swing state. So it's like yep. it could be anybody this election. Not you us. Guys. But you know, not us. N- not not in New York. Okay. But still, your but vote matters. Your vote matters. matters. On the ballot vote, as well. Make your voice heard. But like. But it's, it's really anybody's game. Yeah. Both campaigns immediately dispatched teams of lawyers to Florida. Charges of conflict of interest were leveled by both sides. Bush's brother Jeb was the governor of the state, and Secretary of State Catherine Harris was the co-chair of Bush's Florida campaign, while State Attorney General Bob Butterworth headed the Gore campaign. So they got people from every side. There's so much mismatching here. There's a lot of there's oh my God. A lot also of Jeb Bush. Remember Jeb? Good Jeb exclamation point. That Jeb. Jeb! Oh, Jeb. That poor Jeb, guy. Jeb, Jeb. I just... Man. What if we had Jeb right now? What I... Jeb would have listened to it, to Fauci. Jeb would have been sure. like... Hey, sure. Ford. Respirators now, please. Resp- like- respirators now. <sighs> Exclamation point. <laughs> Jeb! By November 10th, the machine recount was complete, and Bush's lead stood at 327 votes out of 6 million cast. So Bush is leading by 327 votes My after face a machine recount. Hurts I know. Your face is after gorgeous. After that number, it like makes me so 327. Angry. 327. Oh. And again, guys, so the election was on November 7th. The machine recount happened on November 10th. So that's three days out from the actual election. Continuing on, county officials tried to discern voter intent through a cloud of, quote, hanging chads, which are incompletely punched paper ballots, and, quote, pregnant chads, which are paper ballots that were dimpled but not pierced during the voting process. So these are ballots that they're like, there's something not quite right with these ballots that the machine is not able to count them. I mean, we don't punch ballots. I mean, I don't know if Florida still punches ballots anymore, but we like in New York, we like we bubble circle. We take the, we take the SAT. We bubble. We take the SAT. The hang, I remember the hanging chads. I mean, like I'm a little bit older than you. I was like 15 when this was happening, but like, I remember the hanging chads thing. And like, it was like, they would show these pictures of ballots on the news and it would be like, you know, on one on one level plane, like Bush, and then the next plane, Gore, and then like the voting, like the mark for where they were supposed to mark it was like outside of in the between. circle or like in between. Sure. And you're like, what's yeah. the distance? And I was like, oh right. my God. Yeah. Yeah. So so the county officials are trying to discern voter intent through hanging chads, pregnant chads, 
and as well as, quote, overvotes, which are ballots that recorded multiple votes for the same office, and, quote, undervotes, ballots that recorded no vote for a given office. God, I I didn't want to be on this. Can you imagine having to to look at the ballots and be like, oh, it's a pregnant Chad. It's a hanging Chad. It's it's not Chad. Like, and I, I can't, I can't, like... There's no certification in this. This is like people's Mm-mm. opinion. It's not like you yeah. go to like hanging Chad school and get a certificate <laughs> from like Harvard University's like Kennedy yeah. School of whatever. Of Chad's. Of Chad's. That's like, mm-hmm. how do you determine? It's just people's fucking opinions. People's opinions of Chad's. People's the people, the people versus Chad <laughs> is what this case should have been called. <laughs> Oh, my God. Continuing on, also at issue was the so-called butterfly ballot design used in Palm Beach County, which caused confusion among some Gore voters, prompting them to inadvertently cast their votes for third-party candidate Pat Buchanan, who received some 3,400 or 20% of his vote statewide. This is just a big problem. Like, this is why Gore won... Gore won Florida. Sure. Sure. <laughs> he won Florida. We should have had a President Gore. God. If Honey. we had a President Gore, we like, oh my could God. you imagine so, climate change? Could you imagine? Can you imagine like, Iraq? Could you uh, Iraq? Crazy. I feel like gay marriage might have, like, the, like that, like, DOMA might have been overturned sooner. I just, like, yeah. there's so much. It just makes me, so, we, like, really set ourselves back as a country. <laughs> Sure. I mean, it, it is, it, it definitely changed the course of history because, because yeah. this is, this is first, ter- like, this is George W. Bush's first, first. presidential run. Yes. So we 9/11. might not even ha- 9-11. Well, like, I mean, 9-11 in the aftermath, you know, yeah. like how it was handled would have been, I think, incredibly different because you wouldn't have had, you guessed it, Dick Cheney. Oh my God. Who is Al Gore's running mate? I actually don't know this. Who is his VP? I should know that. Who was his? Let me see. I'm looking at Senator Joseph Lieberman. God, what? That's you know? so funny. What an odd choice. I mean, ever ever now met Joseph Lieberman choice. from Connecticut? Oh my God, yeah. Joe Lieberman. Yep, Joe Lieberman. What a blast from the past, man. All right, hope you're well. So then, <laughs> so yeah, so there's the voting, and they're trying to recount the the ballots, and there's you know there there's multiple issues happening in Florida understatement of anybody's life sure. there are multiple issues happening There's a in lot Florida. going on nobody checked on her nobody checked <laughs> to see how she was doing and she was she needed some help she needed some help so this is all still coming from botanica the bush campaign immediately filed suit and the u.s supreme court issued a writ of certiorari to take up the case the following day on december 9th in a 5-4 decision the u.s supreme court ruled in the case of bush v gore that the manual recounts must halt and it agreed to hear oral arguments from both parties. On December 11th, the two sides presented their cases. Bush's team asserted asserted that the Florida Supreme Court had exceeded its authority by authorizing the recount of undervotes, and Gore's team stated that the case, having already been decided at the state level, was not a matter for consideration at the federal level. Seems like a problematic argument to me, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point of the Supreme Court is to hear cases from a state Just to o- oversee. Uh, sure, yeah, sure. It's sure. yeah, it's not it's not what I would have done, but nope. you know. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, here we are. The following day in a 7-2 ruling, the US Supreme Court overturned the Florida decision, holding that the various methods and standards of the recount process violated the equal protection clause of the US Constitution. Mm-hmm. The court ruled 5-4 on the remedy of the matter, with the majority holding that the Florida Supreme Court's decision had created new election law, a right reserved for the state legislature, and that no recount could be held in time to satisfy the federal deadline for the selection of state electors. So basically, they were like, wow, 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 wow. there's simply no time. We have a deadline. There's no way you could recount all of these ballots. And also by like... The, the Florida Supreme Court is trying to, like, they're trying to write election law by dictating They're legislating the from the bench. It's so funny how sometimes the Supreme Court is very pro that and other times very anti that. We're it's saying a lot like, of back and forth. 
It's almost like they decide like when it suits them. Sure. Could be. Could, Could be. be. Finger on the pulse. Finger, finger on the pulse. Finger and it's interesting pulse. to see that like they, they made two decisions, right? Like the first one being like what Florida was doing violated the equal protection clause. And then the second one being that like what to do about that. Like should yeah. they try to figure out a different way to recount yeah. or should they just allow the election to stand? Yeah. And they were like, you know what? We're out of time. Red election time. has to stand. Yep. Which is crazy because, like, talk about voter suppression. Oh, yeah. Talk about violating the Equal Protection Clause. Yeah. Just talk about it. Just talk about it. <laughs> let's have a, let's pull up a seat and talk about it. Ooh. I know. We should do an uh, episode on the Equal Protection Clause. I know. We always talk about her. I know. We always talk about her. She just seems very heavy. Mm-hmm. You know? She sure is. It's like a creamed soup. God. Get <laughs> She's like a cream of tomato soup. She's like a bisque. She's like a chowder. She is a a, a rich chowder. Heavy on the lobster. Easy on the corn. This joke has gone nowhere. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. of the case. Following the Supreme Court's decision in Bush v. Palm Beach County Canvassing Board and concurrent with Vice President Al Gore's contest of the certification of Florida presidential election results, on December 8, 2000, the Florida Supreme Court ordered that the circuit court in Leon County tabulate by hand 9,000 contested ballots from Miami-Dade County. 9,000 ballots. I know. This is all coming from OEA. The Florida Supreme Court also ordered that every county in Florida must immediately begin manually recounting all undervotes, which were ballots, as Lizzie said before, ballots that did not indicate a vote for president because there were enough contested ballots to place the outcome of the election in doubt. Governor George Bush and his running mate, Dick Cheney, filed a request for review in the U.S. Supreme Court and sought an emergency petition for a stay of the Florida Supreme Court's decision. Like we said, the U.S. Supreme Court granted review and issued the stay on December 9th. It heard oral arguments a couple days later. The questions before the court were, one, did the Florida Supreme Court violate Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution by making new election law? Secondly, do standardless... My God. (laughs) I know. Do standardless manual recounts violate the equal protection and due process clauses of the constitution like were they standardless like (laughs) that's i mean this is what this is oh yay this is no i know and i'm sure i'm sure that they were like yeah there's no standards here yes and i'm like i don't know if that's necessarily true i mean uh they don't put me on the bench or the standards were different by County? County by election site, by polling site, maybe? I have no idea. I mean... I don't know. Standardless manual recounts. Jeez. Go off. I know. So let's talk about the decision. I mean, we know the outcome, but let's sort of examine how we got here. So again, staying with OEAs. Noting that the Equal Protection Clause guarantees individuals that their ballots cannot be devalued by, quote, later arbitrary and disparate treatment, the opinion of the court held 7-2 that the Florida Supreme Court's scheme, scheme, God, scheme, for, for recounting ballots was unconstitutional. Even if the recount was fair in theory, it was unfair in practice. The record suggested that different standards were applied from ballot to ballot, precinct to precinct, and county to county. From sea to shining sea, really, here? Yes. Because of those and other procedural difficulties, the court held five to four that no constitutional recount could be fashioned in the time remaining, which was short because the Florida legislature wanted to take advantage of the safe harbor provided by U.S. Code Title 3, Section 5. Yeah. Sure. Loath to make broad precedents. <laughs> I love OEAs. The opinion limited its holding to the present case. 
Reinquest, in a concurring opinion joined by Scalia and Thomas, argued that the recount scheme, again, scheme, scheme. I don't know if we can call it scheme, God. Scheme. That the recount scheme was also unconstitutional because the Florida Supreme Court decision made new election law, which only the state legislature may do. Breyer and Souter, writing separately, agreed with the opinion holding that the Florida court's recount scheme violated the Equal Protection Clause, but they dissented with respect to the remedy, believing that a constitutional recount could be fashioned. Yeah, and we're going to read some of Souter's um, dissent. In a little bit. Love it. Love it. Time is insubstantial when constitutional rights are at stake. Ginsburg and Stevens, writing separately, argued that for reasons of federalism, the Florida Supreme Court's decision ought to be respected. Moreover, the Florida decision was fundamentally right. The Constitution requires every vote to be counted. I am all about that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like voter suppression almost yeah. to not count the votes. Yes. To say that we don't have time. Yes. And I'm like, I don't think the founding fathers could have ever predicted Florida when they wrote the Constitution. No, no, no. Do you know what I mean? I think they, they would have taken have a predicted. little bit more time if they knew that they were dealing with people who liked to shoot down hurricanes. Sure. With the termination of the recount process, Florida's 25 electoral votes were awarded to Bush. Gore officially conceded on December 13th and stated in a televised address, quote, while I strongly disagree with the court's decision, I accept it. End quote. I mean, yeah, what are you going to say? What, what are you, you going like, to say? You're at the end of the road. Like, yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing to say. I mean, it's, like, it's, a sh- it's a shit decision. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, this we, is why I can't be in public office. Because if this would have happened to me, I would have I gone on a televised address and been like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Who, who do you think you are? What have you read? The Founding Fathers could not have predicted Florida. Well, and also stand up for the people in Florida to have their votes counted. Like, sure. Like, at the very least, you know, like, what are we really, what are we really waiting on? Like, you know, throw some money at the problem. Hire some people to count the votes. Like, I know. I'm like, you mean we can't get people in there? What are you talking about? Yeah. You're talking about come on they like, could have come up with a remedy there could there's something that's what else i to take issue to yes that's me what too. i take issue to if you me if too. you were like make the argument that you're dissatisfied with the original way florida was doing it fine yeah but to but to say this insane argument yep that there there is no time for a remedy we can put a man on the moon <laughs> what are you talking about we, yep. there's no time we can it, go into like, space Call NASA. We took the time to like try to do the recount. We were in the middle of the recount. And then hello, you halted the recount. And like Sure. That took some time. And now we've been waiting for you to hear our arguments. And now we've been waiting for you to decide. You took up our time. Mm-hmm. We we could have counted the votes and also done the court case at the same time. We are Americans. We can do two things at once. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Land of the free, home of the multitasking. That's that's you dot s dot. That's you dot s dot. It's why we're suffering. Yikes, my yikes. I know. It's just like, and this is this is the Rehnquist court. So, like we talked about, there are two cases. So, for the first decision to like was about these standardless manual recounts and whether or not they violate the Fourteenth Amendment's uh, equal protection clause. So, voting in favor were Chief Justice William Rehnquist. Sandra Day O'Connor, Antonin Scalia, Anthony Kennedy, David Souter, Clarence Thomas, and Stephen Breyer. Voting in the two, the other side was Justice John Paul Stevens and Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We know where we mm-hmm. love her. So that that was case the first case, the first part of it. Then in decision two, which was about whether or not they should continue to recount, this was the 5-4 decision. So basically it's all those same people except David Souter and Justice Breyer. So the five in favor of stopping the recount and basically because there was like, we don't have any time, were Mm -hmm. Chief Justice William Rehnquist, Sandra Day O'Connor, Anthony Kennedy, and Clarence Thomas. So those, that was the decision. 
And we read some of the stuff from the decision, which is a pure curium decision by the court. And in the dissent in the 5-4 decision that we talked about, it was Stevens, Souter, Ginsburg, and Breyer. And so we're just going to read some of their dissents because <laughs> they each were like, I have something to say. I have something to say. Yeah. And it's that this shit is fucked up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to read RBG's, David Souter's, and John Paul Stevens' dissents. And they're all great in their own ways, and they're just so bad. Yes. They're so mad. And it was really cathartic to read some of these and be like, okay, great. You you were as dismayed at this as, like, most of the American people. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's read Ruth Bader Ginsburg's first. So Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, in her dissent, said, quote, the court assumes that time will not permit, quote, orderly judicial review of any disputed matters that might arise, close quote. But no one has doubted the good faith and diligence with which Florida election officials, attorneys for all sides of this controversy, and the courts of law have performed their duties. Notably, the Florida Supreme Court has produced two substantial opinions within 29 hours of oral argument. In sum, the court's conclusion that a constitutionally adequate recount is impractical is a prophecy the court's own judgment will not allow to be tested. Such an untested prophecy should not decide the presidency of the United States. I dissent. And this is her, yeah. one of like her dissent that she notably was like, she took out the like, I respectfully dissent. Because mm-hmm. that's what you usually, you'll see yeah. the other ones of this say, yeah. I respectfully dissent. RBG was like, I Boom. don't respectfully dissent. No. I simply I... just dissent. Yep. Yep. She Period. Period. End end of dissent. I dissent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope I just I hope that like the um the the justices who who were in the uh opinion in the majority just read I dissent and were like oh my god <laughs> how could she just <gasps> dissent clutching their pearls like oh my goodness me <laughs> no <Ruth> respect is <laughs> it is the tan suit of the SCOTUS yikes my yikes yep so that's rbg next we'll t- we'll do justice david Souter's dissent so this is what justice Souter has to say quote unlike the majority i see no warrant for this court to assume that florida could not possibly comply with this requirement before the date set for the meeting of electors december 18th Although one of the dissenting justices of the state Supreme Court estimated that disparate standards potentially affected 170,000 votes, Gore v. Harris, the number at issue is significantly smaller. The 170,000 figure apparently represents all uncounted votes, both undervotes, those for which no presidential choice was recorded by a machine, and overvotes those rejected because of votes for more than one candidate. But as Justice Breyer has pointed out, no showing has been made of legal overvotes undercounted, and counsel for Gore made an uncontradicted representation to the court that the statewide total of undervotes is about 60,000. To recount these manually would be a tall order, but before this court stayed the efforts to do that, the courts of Florida were ready to do their best to get that job done. There is no justification for denying the state the opportunity to try to count all disputed ballots now. I respectfully dissent. Yep. It's true. He's like, yeah, they were talking about a number that was much larger than what the actual number of recounts were talking about. We're not talking about doing 170,000 recounts. We're talking about 60,000. Still a lot. Still a lot. was already trying to do it. Yep. We should allow them to try. Yes. I respectfully dissent. I respectfully dissent. Because what he's saying is like, you have, by by declaring this decision, you're saying you don't think that you, that these, the, uh, the officials down in Florida have the capability to do this. And who are you to say what right, their capability is they already were doing not? it. They already were doing it. You stopped them from doing it. Yeah. Yep. Also, this case was decided on December 11th. They that had seven way, they days. had an entire week. Yep. An entire week. Yeah. Yep. Really, really tough. A really tough job. Yep. 
But they should have been allowed to try. Yep. They should have been allowed to try. Yep. At most, the SCOTUS should have said, if by December 18th, the job has not been completed. Yep. Then it is a failure. And therefore, the votes go to Bush. You know, like, that's yep. what should have happened. Something like that. But allow them to try. Anything like that. They took allow their time them to away. try. Yep. Yeah. So that was Suter. That was Suter. So now we're going to read Justice John Paul Stevens. And I really like his opinion might be my favorite because it's like the most to me, it was the most like heartfelt. So he says, quote, neither in this case nor in its earlier opinion in Palm Beach County canvassing board versus Harris. Did the Florida Supreme Court make any substantive change in Florida electoral law? Its decisions were rooted in long-established precedent that were consistent with the relevant statutory provisions taken as a whole. It did what courts do. It decided the case before it in light of the legislature's intent to leave no legally cast vote uncounted. In doing so, it relied on the sufficiency of the general, quote, intent of the voter, close quote, standard articulated by the state legislature coupled with the procedure for ultimate review by an impartial judge to resolve the concern about disparate evaluations of contested ballots. If we assume, as I do, that the members of that court and the judges who would have carried out its mandate are impartial, its decision does not even raise a colorable federal question. Boom. Mm. What must underlie petitioner's entire federal assault on the Florida election procedures is an unstated lack of confidence in the impartiality and capacity of the state judges who would make the critical decisions if the vote count were to proceed. Otherwise, their position is wholly without merit. The endorsement of that position by the majority of this court can only lend credence to the most cynical appraisal of the work of judges throughout the land. Go off. Dang. Go off. Dang, dang, dang. Yep. It is confidence in the men and women who administered the judicial system that is the true backbone of the rule of law. Time will one day heal the wound to that confidence that will be inflicted by today's decision. One thing, however, is certain. Although we may never know with complete certainty the identity of the winner of this year's presidential election, the identity of the loser is perfectly clear. It is the nation's confidence in the judge as an impartial guardian of the rule of law. And I respectfully dissent. Go fucking off. Go Go off. off. It's so good. It like turns me on. It's so good. Yeah. And that's such an interesting, that's such an interesting and so well articulated argument to make, which is like, we are undermining the entire court system by saying that they're not impartial. Yeah. Like what, I mean, is there, is there, are there courts and are there circumstances where you can be like, yo, you're not impartial? For For sure. sure. For sure. But we, the Supreme Court, should not be suggesting that. Yes. That the, we that should not judges be in the putting, lower court. Yeah. Then saying that they're not impartial. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's such a good dissent. It's such a good dissent. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. love this, like, it did what courts do. It decided the case before it in light of the legislature's intent to leave no legally cast vote uncounted. It was trying to uphold the state's election law rather than, like, because what the opinion of the court said was that, was that Florida, you know, that the Supreme Court was trying to make electoral law. Mm-hmm. And what Stevens is saying is like, no, 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 no. The no. legislature made a law and this was their law. They had a they had a they had a standard by like how you could by what you could determine the intent yeah. of the voter. Yeah. So like yeah. the the Florida Supreme Court was just trying to like be in keeping with that standard. Right. And right. we as the Supreme Court came in and said, "Nah." You're good. Sit down. Yeah, there's not enough time. No. A week is not enough time, so let's just cut it off at the knees. Not enough time. Not not that time has run out, right? No. Not that, like, this should have been, like, we are out of time to make this decision. Yeah. That there is time remaining, and I have decided that it's not enough for you to complete this task. No. What a wild, wild decision that has had such lasting 
uh, implications. Yes. And, and like, I just can't imagine, like, who knows what's going to happen on November 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, Mm -hmm. like, on and on and on. Yeah. I just can't imagine. We are in a very different time period from 2000. Oh, yeah. And I cannot imagine what would happen if this, like, if something similar came to pass as a result of the 2020 election between Trump and Biden. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, you know, you've heard whispers that um, the Trump campaign wants it like will consider going to the Supreme Court to force a decision on November 3rd. And like that's just so unfathomable to me because you have so many states where they can't even open the absentee ballots yeah. until November 3rd. Yep. You can't even open the ballot. You can't count the ballots. Not not like you have to have the ballots turned in. Like you have the ballots. They can't be opened until November 3rd. Yep. And, you know, obviously we're going to be in a very different, you know, we're going to be in a 6-3 court uh, by that point. Yep. Um, And it's just like, it's so hard for me to even fathom, regardless of, and this could be a naivete, of course, but regardless of, you know, it being a 6-3 conservative majority court, I'm like, you're talking about if you tried to force a decision on November 3rd, 4th, or 5th, let's say. Yeah. Massive voter suppression. Massive voter suppression, but also just like, I mean, like, I I just, like, people would be in the streets as they should be. Yeah. As they yeah. should be. I mean, that will be, I mean, it will be to insane. not count the votes. Because, yeah. again, Bush v. Gore, you're talking about a recount. Yep. Right? Yep. For this, you're talking about a potential not counting the votes once. Initial count, yes. Initial counts. And and we're not talking about like, you know, a small amount. We're talking about a mass amount of absentee voters. Yep. That that you could potentially not count, like an unprecedented, unprecedented amount of absentee ballots. Yep. That that would be so I mean, I would <laughs> Is it possible? Of course. Yeah. Of course. But that would be, I, like, I, I would, I wouldn't be able to wrap my head around that. I would, no. and I would be so interested to see if that is what they decide. Who writes that opinion? I honestly don't, like, part of me has a really hard time seeing Roberts. Writing that opinion? Writing that opinion and even siding with what would be the majority, I'm sure, Based right. on like, I can see him doing some court. sort of concurring opinion. You know, if he did, I again, I also actually don't see necessarily Roberts swinging that way. But it doesn't matter yeah. if he swings the other way because no. it's still five it's, four. It's right? still five four. Yep. But also, like, it would be very surprising to me. I actually don't see Gorsuch. Gors- I can't. Even I don't say. see Gorsuch, or even I mean, because Kavanaugh has voted a lot with Roberts on bigger yep. things, so that I can also see potentially being a swing. You know, but I but Gorsuch is one for me where I'm also like, that's wild because it's so to me, that is a huge violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Oh, 100%. Counted. And let me talk about literal interpretation of the Constitution. Yep. Yep. So it just would be wild. And I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I just know that's been something that's talked about happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think it's just keeping in mind that like. This decision, Bush v. Gore, like, let's talk about precedent, right? Mm-hmm. This was in December, you know? Yeah. This, like, so to attempt to decide a candidate, uh, like, within two days of November 3rd, if it's, you know, if it doesn't happen because it could happen because there's yeah. a landslide, right? That right. is also we just a don't possibility know either way. Yep. That certainly could be something that happens, but... I just, precedent tells us that, like, you can, we're so used to it being a, an immediate decision, but in actuality, there is so much precedent for it taking time. Yep. So, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I just. I don't even know what to expect. I know. I can't. I I, I really, I need to be somewhere safe on election day. <laughs> 
I need to be. And I don't mean like physically safe. I mean like mentally. Emotionally. <laughs> Emotionally, Emotionally and mentally safe. safe. Yeah. 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 I just. It's it's going to be a wild. It's going to be a wild day. It's going to be a wild week. It might even be a wild month. Mm-hmm. The point is, and what I can just impart to you, our sweet, sweet listeners, is to vote. Mm-hmm. To vote early, to yep. vote absentee, or to vote yep. on the day. Just have the plan. All three ways are legitimate and amazing ways to exercise your voice yep. in a sort of very uh, impactful presidential election. And also to take a look at what other things are on the ballot, because there are also huge things on the ballot. You might have a yep. senator race on the yep. ballot. Definitely get out for that. Are you joking? You might have a house race. Definitely get out for that. You definitely you have, have a house race. You might have uh, judges. You yep. might have railroad commissioners. You might have propositions that are huge yeah so get out vote yep so excited for this to happen and also to be over oh, God. i know somebody was talking about 2024 the other day and i literally was like shut the fuck up i don't even know where that is <laughs> i Can don't even imagine how could you possibly what no. are you talking about no shut up Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. no thank you but please vote. Please get your friends and family to vote. Everybody, everybody vote. God help us all. But in the meantime, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As I said at the top, you can rate us, you can review us, and you can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.